0: How does it feel to have Champions League football again?
1: Yeah, well, you say again, we had it this year and we still got the second leg against Bayern Munich, but I can't see a 4 0 victory in Munich.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's true, that's true. But you still have it again. So technically, I am correct.
1: You're not wrong. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) You're right. Yes. It's it's nice that. we are, I don't, not that we're celebrating um, a Champions League spot, but it's nice to see Mourinho celebrating sixth spot like they've just won the league. So <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about him today, I promise. I won't go into any more. No, How no. does it feel to be still in the Premier League?
0: It feels great, but before I go on about that, that all or nothing documentary with Tottenham, that's going to be so brilliant. See Mourinho and how he reacts to everything because Mourinho's always gone into these um, teams that have a lot of money to spend, oftentimes, and he he often gets success pretty much straight away. This is the first time that I can think of where he's had, where he's not had a great first season. Well, actually, his second time at Chelsea wasn't great to start off with. Or am I completely making that up?
1: No, no, no. So you're, you're very right where um, he, I think it was after uh, the Real Madrid spell that he went over. So, of course, in Inter Milan, he had one season to basically um, set his footprint. And in the second season, that's where they won the treble. That's mm. where they did really well. He then left the Real Madrid. Real Madrid. Um, I think it was the same thing. He didn't do that well in the first season. Second season, they won the league. Chelsea again. First season, didn't win the league, and then second season, they did. And of course, third season is just an absolute write-off. <laughs>
0: I'm
1: not going to talk about that. But it's the same with Man United. So he almost has a he has one season where he settles in. Um, the the clubs are a bit like we're mm, not sure if we want you to spend all your all the money. Second season, he tends to buy players that he kind of needs and he shows the football club that he needs them to be successful and then third season just goes off the rails so with Tottenham and how they are, he it, it, it hasn't been a full season for him because he joined in what, November, October time they sacked Pochettino crazy um, after they've made a Champions League final last year um, so it will be interesting to see what signings, if any, Daniel Lever will allow him to make next season? Of course, they've. if Chelsea win the FA Cup, Tottenham have Europa League next year, which I know isn't Champions League, but financially it still helps, doesn't it? Any sort of yeah. European football will help. So I think it's going to be interesting with every club having this financial uh, uncertainty, I guess you can call it. Um, with Covid and what's hit and of course being a Chelsea fan we've been very lucky we've had a ban so this 130 million I've heard now that um, it's gone up to because Real Madrid won the league that we got for Hazard um, we can spend it and we we have so far spent it wisely I guess except the defenders that we actually need.
0: I was gonna say like that that you you sent me a brilliant meme it was like it showed your attack which was just stacked and then on the back for it was what was it oh my god
1: no or it was god like help that. us amen or something like that yeah 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 as, as a goalkeeper
0: basically saying you're screwed so um
1: Pretty much and before we go off topic too far we yeah, we, we yeah. ended up having a discussion further down the line where you you said oh well offense is the best defense and I went oh, actually if you guys, if any of the viewers, I don't know if they've, if they've heard of Milan's team in 94. Um, this team has scored something like 38 goals that year. And they in how many matches? Uh, 34 matches. Right, so okay. So it's four about matches one
0: goal a game, pretty much.
1: Yeah, just over one goal a game. Mm. So They didn't have the best of attacks and they won the league that year. However, how many goals they conceded was 15. So that's mm. insane. Like the only team I know who's done better than that. It, I mean, as a Chelsea fan, I would say that's the only record that Chelsea still holds is Mourinho's 0-5 season, where they conceded fifteen goals. Shit. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, insane. Absolutely insane. And it's. The defence that matters, and uh, I like to think Frank Lampard has something planned before the end of the transfer window. You
0: really, really hope so because if he doesn't, you're in for a tough time. You might be fighting for fourth again. Like, what do you think of Lampard's first season overall?
1: Well, we've still a fan. got as yeah, we've still got two games to go. So, so mm. far, I think he's handled it better than Klopp's handled his first season at uh, Liverpool. I think Klopp's first season at Liverpool was eighth or something like that, where he had a transfer window and he had um, I was going to call them star players but I'm not sure back then Liverpool had star players. So, he had, he had players that, you know, he, he would choose to play. So, well, Lampard well, didn't Klopp's really start has
0: taken, He's taken these guys who were good mid-team players and he's made them into stars. Whereas I think what Lampard, what a lot of teams are doing nowadays is they're buying young stars who have already been successful as a young age and hoping that they're able to keep that consistency like that that linear progression and that's not necessarily always the case so it's real credit to Klopp and the Liverpool scouting that they were able to find those diamonds in the rough that most people wouldn't be able to recognize and see where they fit into that system
1: yeah, I mean, I'm not disregarding Klopp's work. Sure, I am not saying yeah. he's done a shit job or anything like that. I'm just trying to compare some sort of comparison with Lampard because, of course, the situation mm. Lampard was in was very, very different to any manager coming into the club. I think when we were told that um, uh, UEFA made their decision to ban us for two transfer windows, I'm not sure we're a very desirable club, even though we had Champions League football. I'm not sure, you know... Um, you, you would have the likes of Mourinho, not that he would come back. I don't think him and Abramovich have that relationship anymore. But those kind of, you know, the the top, top managers in the world, they didn't really want the job because they couldn't go and spend money. Mm. All they had the resources were the youth. And, of course, youth at Chelsea were never really given a point to prove. And, of course, Lampard's come in. And, of course, his backroom staff know the youngsters inside out and that really helped bring everyone through. Now we've got something like six players from the academy, eight players from the academy, whatever it is, um, in the first team. And as a Chelsea fan, I love that. I I really hope that continues. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for buying the, like you called, um, Klopp's uh, scouting team, finding the diamonds in in the right places. I'm Mm. all for that because I think that's what... competitive football club needs to stay competitive however when you've got players like mason mount like tammy abraham like uh Reece james like callum hodgson the doyle you know billy gilmore you've got so many players where chelsea's youth team is one of the best youth teams in the world it's. I, i'm not really convinced you, you you really need to buy many players mm. so going out and buying a team of Verner when you've got you know Realistically, you've got Tammy Abraham for the long-term future. Giroud's not going to be in it for another, what, longer than a year, I don't think. Uh, Players like that make sense. However, I'm not convinced on Havertz because we've got a lot of midfielders and he might bring something different that I might not see, that Mm. Lampard and his scouting team see. But again, I'm not convinced that £70 is worth it than giving... um, uh, Mason Mount and uh, Timo Andjerin, he's another youngster in the, in the academy, um, chances. So,
0: Well, the way, the way I see it is because you'll have Champions League football, you'll have the Premier League, probably Carabao Cup as well. That, that's a lot of games to play in a year. So the way I see it is Lampard will have, I, I forgot the guy's name that you just said, I don't, I'm not really involved in football Havertz. too much. Havertz. So he'll have, from what you've said, he's a big-money signing, you would expect him to be playing in those big, big games. And then in the Premier League games, kind of between Champions League games, if you see what I'm saying, um, you'll you'll maybe bring him off the bench for a bit and you'll let another midfielder start for a while. And you'll kind of do it that way. Um, So that's just kind of building... um, Oh, what's the what's the term I'm looking for? You're just building, like, like, like if he gets injured, you've got someone else who can easily step up and play regularly.
1: Yes, yeah, if he dead, plays all that's... the time,
0: and he gets hurt, then you're a bit screwed.
1: Yeah, and and I think we've got to remember that being Champions League football is essentially, if you want to do well on that, and you know, reach the semis and quarters, you've got to have 22 players that are Champions League level. Essentially, which um, yeah, I think you raise a good point, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's it's an exciting time. I hope we get a positive result of the weekend against Arsenal. So you know, we win it, and we don't let them have any European football. Um, not that <laughs> again, nothing against Arsenal fans. Nothing yeah. against Arsenal. I think that they've been on the downhill for a while now. But um, as a selfish point of view, Chelsea fan, I want that win because I know I'm not. Expecting any fireworks in that Champions League game against Bayern Munich, and it's almost like an expected that we're going to go out and just try to minimise the damage. Really,
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um,
1: so let's turn the tables round. Yeah, uh, uh, down to West Ham. Yeah, uh, uh, is it an exciting time. Tell me, tell me about the West Ham situation. So, what, what's so, the financial situation? All that.
0: So basically, I'm I'm really happy that we've been able to stay up. Obviously. There was a real point, just just before the lockdown and just after the game started playing, where I was. It could really have gone either way, uh, whether we got relegated, and that and that win over Watford was just massive. Um, what that win not
1: against that small club? Uh, what are they called Chelsea was that win not quite a big win.
0: <laughs> that was obviously massive. That was another massive table turner. To be fair. Because I was not; nobody expected a win from that. You, you not you've you, taken uh,
1: six points away from us this season, just to <laughs> put it into perspective.
0: We took six points away from you, but we couldn't beat Aston Villa today. We drew one all with Villa, but then they had something to play for, and we didn't.
1: Yeah, you were already safe, and that one point saved them from relegation today.
0: Yeah. Oh man, I I can't wait to get into Bournemouth in a minute because I feel so bad for them. Mm. Um, what I don't get right, so we. If you go back about two or three years, we had David Moyes as manager. We sacked David Moyes to sign Pellegrini, who brought in all of his um, backroom staff and every and all of his scouts. And now we've sacked Pellegrini and signed Moyes again. And I'm not sure what the situation is with the backroom staff in terms of like the scouts and things. It doesn't make sense, and we still. <sighs> Like, we signed Haller in, in the summer and he had a decent start. He got a couple of goals, but he's kind of been found out a little bit. He hasn't been performing. Like, we had Mikel Antonio who started out as a right winger, then played as a right-back and now he's become a striker. He can actually finish quite well. We've had him playing all right against some decent opposition. But, but we signed Haller as a striker. West Ham... We've gone 10 years without having a decent number nine striker. And it's like, fuck me, dead. Can we please find a decent striker who can play consistently? Is it that hard?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's, it's different because, of course, you just mentioned Haller and he was a, um, he was a, who, was, who did he play for? Played some French for some,
0: team. No, Germans. Frank- German,
1: yeah. Frankfurt, that was it. They had a very good year last year and, you mm-hmm. know, they had joe Jovic and you know a few other stars who end up actually leaving the club to go to the big clubs like Real Madrid. So they were up in the top 5 top 4 in Germany and I think it's a very very different situation when you're in a winning club as a striker because things are a lot easier. Your defense can defend, your midfield can provide for you whereas as a uh, club who's fighting for a mid-table spot in a bigger league arguably it's very different where you're not getting as many chances. So I think the conversion rate is a big thing in that where you almost have to be a better striker playing for a mid-table club than you do for a big club, if that makes sense, to it, be seen as a, as a good striker.
0: So, so the, difference, the difference is mainly um, in Germany you've got four or five really, really good teams and then there's the rest, which are bang You've hard. got
1: one good team and the other three or four are, are, you know, they're not there, but they're good. Yeah. And then yeah, the rest yeah. are just, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, you make a good point, actually. You've got Bayern Munich who are just leaps and bounds ahead of everyone. And then you've got another pack of three or four and then there's everyone else. And, yeah. you know, it, that, that three or four is kind of interchangeable. So it kind of changes year on year. One, one or two might drop down yep. and another two yep. might go up into that. And last year, he, they were in that group. So they had it quite easy because you come up against teams like Augsburg and you just spank them every week. Whereas in the mm. Premier League, Pep Guardiola said when he came over, it, you, know, you, you don't realise until you do it that you really can lose every single game, even if you are Man City and you have a squad value of a, nearly a billion. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it, the, what I'm saying uh, is the Premier League is much much more competitive overall than the Bundesliga and so that's something that he will be struggling with and I really really hope that we're able to that this doesn't dent his confidence too much and that we're able to give him a good chance next season maybe alongside Antonio.
1: Yeah, I think I mean this is a very very controversial point I'm about to make but yeah. I think all the other leagues in Europe except the Italian league uh, are very much, you have one team or two teams that pretty much dominate it, maybe three in Spain, you could argue. Um, And the rest are almost like part-time footballers in comparison to those top uh, clubs, because you look at, you look at France, right? You look, you've got Paris Saint-Germain. Everyone else is what? they walk through them they play games they win like 8-9-0 mm-hmm. nothing on there you've got um, the likes of granada and and celta vigo and all these small smaller clubs in spain where you've got barcelona real madrid and atletico madrid they walk through them they win like 5-6-0 and
0: then, and and if they have a really good star player they'll get signed up immediately the next season
1: yeah, the, the financial powers of Real Madrid and Barcelona, they bring players from the Premier League in a click of a finger like that. You've seen that with Gareth Bay, you've seen that with Ronaldo, you've seen that with Hazard, and I'm sure it will continue going on for many years to come. But all I'm saying is that in Germany, you've got the same thing. Bayern Munich, as we said, they, you've got a player playing for Dortmund. Suddenly Lewandowski um, wants to play for Bayern Munich because they are that one step ahead of everyone else. And you've got the likes of Leroy Sane, who went, played for Schalke, went to Man City, again, a stepping stone. But he all, the German players always want to go back and play for one team, and that's Bayern Munich, if they've reached to that level. So in Italy, of course, you've got Juventus, and you've got Inter, and you've got Milan. And I'm not saying that Juventus isn't a step ahead um, like Paris Saint-Germain is in um, France, But what I'm saying is tactically, if you look at the Italians, they're very differently structured than the French or the Germans or the Spanish. You look at the interviews um, that as a Chelsea fan, we've had quite a lot of Italian managers. So you look at their interviews and they're saying, um, in Italy, you've had to prepare tactically a lot more. You even listened to Mourinho when he went over there. He said, it's a very different structure where you have to prepare tactically a lot more than you have physically because the smaller teams I don't know if it's the Italian managers or if it's just the league or what it is but something about it makes you have to prepare tactically a lot more because if you don't prepare a lot more then you're going to lose to a smaller team so it's a lot more intense so I think in that regard again, very difficult to put into words because I think it's not as a competitive league as the Premier League, but I think the the smaller teams put a lot more effort into the scouting, for example, of games. Maybe that's what makes the tactics a little bit more different um, and a little bit harder to prepare for. So I forgot why why I started saying this, to be honest. I went off on a massive rant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. But I I feel like you're kind of looking at the Premier League through kind of rose-tinted glasses because we are English. So. we've got like two teams that are miles ahead of everyone right now. But going below that, it is still very competitive. They're just able to come out on top more often. If we look at, let's look at
1: statistics, right? Without being English, without looking at whatever lens, let's look at statistics. Mm -hmm. How many different winners have we had over the last 10 years?
0: Of the Premier League? Oh, a few, yeah. Liverpool,
1: Man City, Chelsea, Leicester,
0: Man United will have won it in the last 10 years.
1: Okay, that's five. Um, can't Let's, say five. Let's say Let's five. Let's say five. Yeah. How many have we had in Italy? How many have we had in Spain? How many have we had in France? And how many have we had in Germany?
0: Yeah, So Spain revolves between those top three. Um, Italy will probably have been between about three.
1: Italy, I can two, tell you two. right now, it's one. Or two, at most.
0: Uh, okay, yeah. You've got Juventus and Inter Milan, probably.
1: Yeah, Mourinho's team probably won it about 10 years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, France would so, have just been PSG. They've bought that. And then, yeah, Germany would have just been the top two. I think PSG, uh,
1: Yeah, so if we look at it, England have had a lot more winners, right? If you look at the... Um, that's one sign of how competitive it is because of the change in teams who win it. Mm -hmm. Another sign is probably the different teams um, that get into the Champions League and how far they go in it. Okay. I, I would argue that the English teams have gone a lot further than any Spanish or German or Italian teams in the last 10 years as well. Hmm.
0: I, I don't have any stats to... Uh, I, well, at, but I'm willing to, I'm willing to believe that, on average, English teams tend to go further. Like you, th- like, you look at it last year. It was all English, Europa League and Champions League finalists. Correct. Liverpool have yeah. been on the cusp of that for ages. Um, Man City have been push- <laughs> pushing to try and win the Champions League for ages and ages, as were Man United before that. Chelsea won it in 2012. They've always been in and around. There was a period of like two or three years where we struggled to make, where English teams struggled to make it past the quarterfinals. But once we got through that, you know, we're right back to dominating again.
1: Yeah. And that's my point that it's, it's a different league. It's a different structure. And whether you look at it, whatever, whatever lens stats speak for themselves,
0: mm.
1: it's a more competitive league. Even though it might not have the most financially um, powerful teams in it, like there are Barcelona or Real Madrid or Bayern Munich for German players, but it's still a league that continues to uh, provide different winners, and not only different winners but also different representatives in Europe.
0: Yeah, I just remember why we were doing this because we were talking about Hala and um, the difference between German and English leagues um so yeah it's going to be interesting to see what happens within within next year we both completely forgot but it's good stuff
1: i'm very glad you reminded me of that because i I didn't remember what
0: i was talking about (laughs) yeah when you when you said it i was like shit i don't remember either why are we talking about this (laughs) but i I think yeah we've managed to bring it back so i really really hope that um we can make Haller a success because physically looking at him he's tall and he's forward like he should be a good solid English number nine and if we, if we can get Antonio playing well with him and you know what 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 the commentators were saying during the Watford game made a lot of sense um we've got Sushek who's our big tall midfielder and he's obviously I, I I kind of think of him as kind of the new age Fellaini without the stupid hair uh, <laughs> Like, because obviously Moyes had Fellaini in the midfield or when he was managing Everton, who would just um, dominate, elbow
1: set. everyone in the face,
0: elbow everyone in the face, and just dominate set pieces and just be a shit house. And, yeah, um, that's that's who Sushek uh, appears to be kind of um, morphing into. Uh, he's still quite young. Uh, he's he's mid twenties. No, I don't actually know how old he is, but I think he's, you know, he's still got some somewhere to go. So, I'm confident that West Ham with Moyes can start to kick on because we started to gel really well at the end of the season. Um, as for the scouting, our scouting has been all over the place. I have no idea who to expect to sign or how well they do. It's, mm. it's, it's boom or bust with us, really.
1: Yeah, I think it's like that with any team in the Premier League. Um, just for you know, bringing back to the conversation that we just had a minute ago, um, mm-hmm. it is a competitive league and demands are there to be met almost instantly. So if you don't make it, you are going to be sat on the bench and then eventually you'll be shipped off to another club. Yeah. Uh, so I think it will. Should we just clarify for anyone who doesn't know the standings of the um, final? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So we got Liverpool at Obviously, the top, of yeah. course. Uh, if you haven't heard of Liverpool winning the league, I I take my hat off to you because <laughs> you stayed away from Liverpool fans and well done to you. Um, well done, sir. Yeah, Man City still wouldn't agree to them playing in a Champions League spot, but hey ho, what do I know? Man United, Chelsea. Um, so top four, you've got Liverpool, Man City, Man United, and Chelsea. That's the representatives, which I think are actually quite strong representatives for next. I think years. so as well. Yeah. Champions League. It's going to be and, really
0: interesting to see what happens with them next year.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, especially Man United and Chelsea, have a lot to improve on now. Um, they've they've had a burst of youngsters come through, and it will be interesting to see what Man City. How much many more mi- millions and billions they can spend before saying, "Oh yeah, we didn't do anything."
0: <laughs> it'll be so funny if they don't win it this year. Like, how much more will they spend? Will we finally see a squad value of a billion?
1: Yeah, I think their squad value is over a billion, isn't it?
0: When I when I looked at it, it was kind of nine hundred.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, I'm yeah. sure we will very very soon where they'll go and buy another hundred million defender, and then that's not enough for the, for their nine losses in a season when <laughs> they've spent like four hundred million on their defense in the last three four years.
0: So <laughs> fifth and sixth.
1: are... Anyway, yeah, I went off topic a little bit. Fifth is Leicester. What a gutted disappointment for them. They've Been third all season and then last four games they've just slipped.
0: Mate, you have, you have to feel so sorry for them.
1: But um, it's like Brendan Rogers said, it, they didn't have to get top four. Man United had to get top four with the budget <laughs> and finances. They did well to get fifth place, to be honest. I think Brendan Rogers, yeah, disappointing for them they didn't come in the top four, but they've done really well to come fifth.
0: Yeah, considering the circumstances, they've done incredibly well. And then yeah. you've got Wolves just below them as well.
1: So you've got Tottenham. Oh, um, oh,
0: yeah, they just snuck in, didn't they?
1: Snuck in because Wolves have lost to Chelsea today. So that, you know, right. j- j- just because we wanted to get the Champions League. <laughs> um, you, so you've got Wolves, which I think Tottenham are dependent on Chelsea again, as I said, on winning um, the FA Cup. So Arsenal don't get the Euro- Europa League spot. Mm. So... Talking about Arsenal, Arsenal are eighth, and then Sheffield United are ninth. And what a season they have had, eh? Mm. Gone from being promoted to hanging about in fifth, sixth, seventh spot. And, well, ninth is not bad either, is it? Well,
0: they haven't, they haven't necessarily got made massive finances. So whether they'll be able to sustain it next year, whether some teams might snipe some of their players.
1: Their finances are very rich, like Wolves are. They? Yeah, so they've got um, uh, new owners that What's it, some Saudi and Arabian shape? Oh,
0: for fuck's sake.
1: So okay. he's been plowing quite a lot of money in. And I, I think he, fair play to them though, they haven't been doing it the Man City way. They've right. been doing it a normal way of oh, ad- just- adhering to the FFP.
0: From <laughs> for what now. I know.
1: I, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. For, for now. now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, so you've got Burnley in 10th place. Think solid season for them. That, that, that's their yeah boring mid-table. Southampton eleventh, uh, 12th. Carlo Ancelotti and his Everton are in twelve. It's um, it, it, that will be an interesting club in the next few years, depending on what he's doing. Because I think he's um, the man knows what he's doing. He's got a an enormous amount of experience in any sort of level in football. So it was very interesting when Arsenal were looking for a coach, he opted for Everton or I don't know if he opted for Everton. I don't know if Arsenal offered him a contract, but very interesting he accepted that job in the first place.
0: Yeah. Especially if he would have been offered the Arsenal job, like what would have swayed his decision? Would it be that he would have had more power over transfers or... Or, or just in general, you know, we, 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 yeah. can, we can only speculate on these things.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, 13th place, Newcastle. This could have been a, well, Newcastle was either in 6th place and then almost getting Europa League or they're in like 20th place having a it's, shit show.
0: Exactly, they're a massive, massive yo-yo club. So um, in the next year or so, if they do get bought by the, by the Saudis, then Jesus Christ, it will be. I I I I would kind of feel good for Newcastle fans because they are kind of the dark horse of English football. Like they yeah. like they have a real real potential. The Geordies are really passionate fans, so like they have real potential to be um, to be up there. But I
1: feel very sorry for the Sunderland fans. Now we're getting back <laughs> up to the Prem, and their rival fans have got a billionaire. When I say billionaire, it's almost like was it. 250 billion that guy's worth that he's trying to buy Man City.
0: It's probably a lot more than that, to be honest. But um, yeah, for the, the finances that they can just pump into that will just be mental. Yeah. That's a yeah. pocket change for them. 100 million for think... a player? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's like a few pennies. Exactly. Um, anyway, moving on. That's like on. them
0: spending a tenner.
1: It's probably around about that, yeah. But anyway, moving on. Crystal Palace. At 14th place, I think they did all right to survive. Brighton, 15th place, they'll be an interesting team again. They've got a new manager it's the um, first year without a manager and I think they're they are looking up with how they're buying these youngsters that have a lot of potential and just be very interesting. Um, mm, 16th, very interesting aren't they? 16th is West Ham and then, of course, <laughs> after that, you've got very, very tight um, a few points between them. You've got Aston Villa at 35 points, mm. Bournemouth at 34 points, and then Watford at 34 points, and then, of course, Norwich at
0: 21. Yeah. I mean, Norwich were, were looking like they were down a long, long time ago, so that's irrelevant. Um, Watford, <laughs> they sacked their manager with two games to go. And now they've got relegated, even though it was looking like they were going to be staying up.
1: Watford is just a shit show. They, um, they literally rotate the same few managers every few years. It's, it,
0: I don't know I what is. They're owned ones. by an Italian. <laughs> and, and <laughs> that I, and I was very I, true. I was having this conversation earlier. With the Italians, they're, they're, they're bound to be one of two things, if not both. Insanely illogical and passionate that's the italians and these owners appear to be incredibly passionate but also really fucking dumb like sacking a manager two games before the end of the season with no guarantee that you're going to stay up Mm. now you've got relegated like i don't feel sorry for them at all they totally deserve it
1: no, I, I I don't know to be honest. With a team like Watford, it's very interesting because you feel like they will be back up, but yeah, you question yeah. if they actually will be this time around, Or I do anyway. So with Bournemouth, I know you wanted to talk about them.
0: I mean, it's it's just a little it's just a little rant because it's not going to take long. I just feel so sorry for Bournemouth I'll because let's
1: not watch on them. <laughs>
0: I I feel so sorry for them because they're a small team with small finances. Eddie Howe or Eddie Ho, I don't know how you say his name. He's managed them. He, He was able to save them from relegation from the Football League entirely and then build them up to this team that they're at now in spite of leaving for Burnley for a little while and then coming back to Bournemouth. He's an incredibly good coach. And to see them with their restricted finances as it is they should have stayed up. I've really wanted them to stay up. They the, they're, they're that kind of that feel-good team that should be there, that, that you kind of want to be there um, because, because realistically, everyone knows they don't have a chance of winning. but it's, <laughs> it's that they're, they're still a small club. They still have a small club feel to them. And yeah, that's...
1: I definitely see what you're saying. Their stadium is like, what, a 19,000
0: capacity, which... It's tiny for a Premier League stadium.
1: Yeah, it's, it's not big at all. So with them being down now, we've got um, what Leeds and West Brom replacing them next year. So I'm hoping, if any Leeds fans listening to this, I'm hoping you're the Norwich of next year. Because you're just like Liverpool fans. You never shut up. (laughs) So I don't really want that. (laughs) Um, And then you've got potentially Brentford, Fulham, Cardiff or Swansea. So for me, not that I'm any sort of London fanboy, but I don't think we need to have Welsh teams in the English Premier League. So if Cardiff and Swansea could fuck off, that would be nice. Um, and Fulham and Brentford hopefully get in So, I I personally, as a Chelsea fan I've got nothing against either of them they're Mm. both local rivals to to, uh, Chelsea, I would love to see both of them to be honest in the Premier League back up Brentford have been doing a phenomenal job in the last few years they've been very much on the rise Mm. so either one of them would do to be honest for me
0: to be honest I didn't even know Brentford was in the Championship this is how little I know about football like, I thought last I knew they were a League One, a mid-table League One team.
1: That's what I mean. They've done really well.
0: Exactly. So credit to them. If if they're able to even get to the to the playoff final, it will be incredible. But there's there's one more thing that I, I want to say before we end. Adebayo Akinfenwa is now a Championship player. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> yeah, Wickham Wickham have gone up, haven't they? From League One.
0: Exactly. They've you know they they're. I, I know a guy who who works at, at Wickham, and it's like you know you look you you see the facilities, and it's it, it looks like a semi professional team. Like a Bournemouth <laughs> two point isn't it? I'd say worse than Bournemouth, um, but you you get the point. Like it's like considering what they have what they have and the resources available to them, they've done so so well. And yeah. a- Akin Fenway is a bodybuilder who's in it? who's 38 who's now going to be playing in the championship i feel really sorry for those defenders that's going to be mental
1: yeah championships a really physical league anyway so i think he'll fit in very well true yeah but he, he lacks a lot of speed doesn't <sighs> he so he's like a brick wall standing there like oh no as, one can move me
0: as a football he's a walking he's a living meme like KSI made him Made. I was him.
1: literally about to say that He ruined Heskey's career but he made Akin Fenwa's career
0: Dude like, like, I feel sorry for Heskey but <laughs> a little bit because he, he, he wasn't a great striker really and KSI kind of played on that but he still played for England loads of times so you have to give yeah. him some credit for that but Akin Fenwell, <laughs> a, like, Akin Fenwa is just like I said, he's a living meme, and you can't... Oh, I just love the fact that he's now a championship player. And if, if Wickham do well next year, there's the potential for him to be in the Premier League. What?
1: I mean, that's very, <laughs> very, very minuscule. A massive <laughs> very long hungry. shot,
0: but it would be amazing. Just think about it. Just think about if Akin Fenwell could get to the Premier League.
1: What I find incredible, and if we've got any listeners that have listened up to this and um, are still listening well done, I mean <laughs> I, wouldn't, I I don't know anyone who would say listening to something like this that they aren't interested in, but um Sunderland they uh, they're still in League one, which mm. is <laughs> I don't really know what to say. The only thing I know what to do is to laugh It's, mm. it's just funny. They've been, you know, that team that hangs about in the Premier League and watch the documentary on Netflix to get this gist of what I'm trying to say, but they've been awfully run over the last few years and now they're unfortunately paying the price for that. The fans, I feel so sorry for because they're just people who are so passionate, like you said up in Newcastle, about football um, and they've basically got their neighbours across the river Loving life in the Premier League And enjoying it I mean, be it they're probably not enjoying their owner very much But they're still in the Premier League So you've got to enjoy that somehow And they're um, enjoying
0: the potential idea of being bought by a rich Saudi sugar daddy
1: Yeah, yeah, basically Whilst they are in League One With no view in sight of when this shift-housery is going to finish
0: Exactly uh, I've, exactly, you got a feel for Sunderland fans, but you're from Sunderland, so you can't serve it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Sunderland is not the nicest place on earth, is it?
0: <laughs> and on that point, <laughs> if you got to this point, thank you very much for watching or listening, whatever it may be, and make sure to like the video if you're watching this on YouTube. And yeah, see you again next time. Thanks, guys.